Welcome to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. A little concern about the film Gross Point Blank. My name is Joe George, and with me is Blake Collier. We're here to talk about the movie in various ways, including this week's continuing discussion of each minute of Gross Point Blank. This week, we're looking at minute number seven, which finally, for me, closes up the Grocer and Martin conversation and gets the first hints of Martin's real existential uh, – first hints – First hints of Martin's real existential crisis. Blake, were you moved by this by this minute? Were you holding your hands in your head? Or yeah. your head in your hands <laughs> yeah. at the end of it? I mean, if you're uh, doing the other way, that's amazing. I mean, but... that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Not, so I, I think I would have felt it more if I hadn't been laughing uh, through this minute. <laughs> because there's – I think it's I think it's just the, the fact that, that his existential crisis is playing up against his communication with Marcella. I mean, it's it's hard not to to chuckle, like just with the Marcel is is basically his um, his antithesis in so many ways, and and it's play they're played it perfectly against each other, um, and 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 so <laughs> just like I I notice like his body posture and his his kind of uh, communication with her shows that he's definitely dealing with the he's not fully confronting it yet, but he's, he's starting to feel the, the pains and the pressures of, of the work he's doing, which plays up perfectly uh, as we go further into this conversation with Marcella, uh, some of the things that she says to him. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a really well done scene and I would like the, the, the simplicity of it, you know, just him sitting with the car door open, uh, just with his, he's just bowed. Like his hand, his his head is in his hand. He's pinching his nose, pinching his face, trying to get the the stress out. Uh, after a really long and 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 unfruitful conversation with the grocer, and <laughs> he just he's starting to feel it all close in on him. <laughs> yeah, and it's and literally because the the camera slightly you know yeah. slowly kind of pushes in on him, and he's yep. framed in the in the. In the car, you know, it's a it's really nicely set up, composed scene. Yeah. Um, in, in, at the end, it's it's a nice button to a scene that um, you know, had been preferencing improv and dialogue yeah. over composition, and mm-hmm. so it's a nice it was a nice breather moment, yeah. at least for me, that exactly. that kind of pull things back there. So this is, I mean, this might be a question for other minutes, but I'm going to ask it now anyway. Okay. Why does Marcella care so much about it? I mean, I know she says yeah. that she finds it fascinating that he's from someplace, yeah. but that that feels like a plot functiony sort of thing. And I, I think Joan Cusack is bringing more to the character than just a plot function to get him to point point B. So yeah. do you have any guesses why she cares so much about this? I mean, all my guesses would be pure speculation and probably my oh, own, sure. my, my own reading into it. But i i think I think that that we have the sense that because of the nature of their relationship, they've been together a long time. And and I think no matter who you are, and, and no matter what your relationship is composed of, if it's just the two of you within this business relationship, you're going to end up caring for a person no matter how, what, what that relationship looks like. Um, and so I, I just, I, I see, I see the, the workings of Marcella in this whole film as basically pushing towards his recognition that he no longer needs to do this. 
I mean, as as we see later on in the film, like I think her actions later on in the film show that this was her goal. Like <laughs> this was to to end this. <laughs> and so um and, and and I think you're starting to see a little bit that the reason why and and I think why this scene is so hilarious is he gets done with with grocer and he he the phone rings in his car, you know, the classic bag phone. And he's he answers it and she just continues reading the uh, the ad for the high school reunion. So and, come uh, back to the old oak tree, little acorn. Yeah, yeah, love that line. And the fact that she just would not let it go. Yeah, it's it's and I think because of the nature of some of the stuff she says to him, and and then especially in the next minute. Yeah, I think you're starting to see that that she actually does care for him to have a life, and this yeah. is not a life that she wants for him. And and I think it works simply because they actually are brother and sister. And so mm-hmm. there's there's an automatic love there that that is is extra textual, but it reads so well. As it's there on the, the screen, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, I I really just think it's actual care. Like I I think I think watching it this many times has brought me to to the place where yeah, you could read her as kind of the fate. Like she's moving. She's she's the she's the one that's basically pulling strings, and. And while I I think that's true, I, I think this whole thing was set up by her. Like I I have no doubt that she stole you know the job from Grocer and 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 set it up so that he would go back to his home. Um, but I think whereas when I first started watching the movie, it it seemed a little bit more like I guess cold and maybe detached. Um, it feels more loving. It's more like you know we don't need to be in this business anymore. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're we're getting to an age where this is no longer a life <laughs> and so let's let's see if we can find a way to get you out of this <laughs> which is I, I i totally agree that's yeah. how i read it too yeah but it's interesting when we think about you know she's just as culpable oh, in what yeah. he does yeah i mean She's setting it up. She's she's with the first time we meet her. She's ordering the bullets that he's going to use to kill people. Yeah. So it's not I mean, she's not out there doing it, but she's part of this machinery as well. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it makes you kind of wonder how how is she the sympathetic character? Yeah. Because she is. Um, and how is she the one that has a moral uh, that, that deals with morals, that yeah. has a conscience and is able to. I mean, she never says it's me in the way that Martin's going to have to to, to wrestle with when he starts thinking about the responsibility for the actions that he's yeah. doing. She never quite gets to that point. Yeah. Unless is it implied? I mean, is this is her setting this up so the whole thing can go down? Uh, that can can be dismantled. Her well, saying this is me. Well, if you want to take a, 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 a maybe a more cynical reading of her, of her actions like, <laughs> yes i do you could say that that it's it's self-interest on her part she doesn't want to do this work anymore uh and so she's going to do whatever she can to make sure that it, it ends and it ends without either one of them dying <laughs> so um now she there's no way she could have pulled enough strings to make the events that happen in gross point take place in the way they do but i think she she had a sense that maybe sending him back to where he he was raised and where he's born would awaken the the existence that he he is kind of repressing 
And so, um, so I think, I think she was, she was probably hoping more than anything that maybe something would take place. And cause she could already tell that he was getting tired of it. Like it's, it's not easy. It's not hard to tell, but I think, I think you could say that like part of it's just self-interest on her part. She doesn't want to be in this work anymore either. And so like, like you, if you really wanted to be completely cynical, you could say like, she pulled this, she pulled these strings because she wants out. And so, yeah. And, and part of me wonders if in one of the earlier versions of the script, that was absolutely the case that Marcel is a more, um, more detached and more self-interested character. And then when they cast brother and sister, yeah. they just naturally have that warmth. And so mm-hmm. it plays a little different on screen than it did on the page. Yeah. And so I think, I wonder if that's kind of messing with our reading a little bit because yeah. she is, she's, sympathetic character a delightful character we really enjoy her and we don't think so we're not asked to think so much about her culpability in all this you know yeah especially as as as, as, when cusack's talking about the the political aspect of it she gets off pretty easy for being an accessory to the political aspect of it and well i i think to some extent you you can look at her and say (sighs) i mean ultimately she whenever she is talking about Martin doing these acts. Mm-hmm. It's like you were saying earlier. She never goes so far as to say that he is morally culpable for the things he does. Because mm-hmm. she always uses the term job. Like even yeah. later in the film, when she's last asking him if he's gotten the job done. Have you gotten the job done? Yeah. You know, all this stuff. She <laughs> never talks about, have you killed the guy? Or have you... Yeah. Have you, like she doesn't use that kind of language. She's she. It's completely a capitalist concern. Have yeah. you done the service that you were sent to do? And and so yeah. in mm-hmm. that sense, like you could say that that complicates the the care angle because if she really wanted to push his existential being, she wouldn't use that kind of language. Yeah, she'd be like, "Have you have you murdered the guy yet?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you? And True. just to push those buttons like consistently, like. And so I th- I think I think to some extent the language she uses has to make her culpable, and that she's been in the business so long that even she's um, compromised in how she how she approaches life and how she approaches dealing with him and the people around her. Um, I mean, even the conversation where she's ordering the bullets, she st- she still sees like. She's going back and forth between that and talking to a friend of hers, and and she's getting mad at her friend for not knowing what a base of a soup is. <laughs> you know and so, <laughs> yep, like, yeah. she she is she's got a short fuse, and 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 in that sense, like you can see, the cost of doing this kind of business has on both of them. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think she's a moral character. I don't think she's the moral center of the film or anything. Um, I just think she's the catalyst. <laughs> so, and and I think that might have been morally guided uh, on, on on some part, and so um, maybe out of self interest, but maybe out of some kind of you know moral center somewhere deep down in the darkness of their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. so, one more thing to add on that discussion, mm-hmm. since it's just sitting there in this minute, she sends Martin over a new job. Yeah, which is a uh, killing a PETA person, yeah. and Martin's response is, "No way, I have scruples." Yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I know I'm going into the weeds with speculation yes. here, but is did she send that to remind him that he has scruples, or is that a sign of 
her depravity that <laughs> she has no scruples and legitimately yeah. wanted to offer him the job. I I would imagine by now she would have known that he had scruples around that. So, so part of too. me, yeah, I, I, I can't just, I just cannot believe them working that long together and her not knowing that there were certain political causes that he was not gonna, he was not gonna take on. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's funny because the way she plays it off is she's just his, his secretary. She's giving him information and, you know, it's a Greenpeace boat, you know, that'll be so yeah, easy. Oh, it's a Greenpeace. You're right. <laughs> not PETA. Greenpeace. Uh-huh. And yeah. it, it's in French. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I remember it took me so long uh, to, to figure out what that line was, because back when I first watched this movie, uh, you know, you didn't have the Internet in the same way. So you couldn't just look up the line anywhere you wanted to. Um, but and, and it took me forever to figure out that she was saying it was a green green peace boat. <laughs> like the way she says it, it just it 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 would bleed together for me, and I just I couldn't figure it out. And then finally, it hit me one day. I was like, "Oh, she's saying green peace boat." <laughs> okay, okay, good. You're like, "What is a peace boat?" I and, don't know what that is. And why does he have scruples around it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then I had to figure out what green. scruples meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm not sure I know what that means." Either. <laughs> I'm still not sure I know what <laughs> yeah, those mean. Exactly. I'm not sure I have any scruples. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I sincerely do. I had a history teacher who, uh, who tried to get me to become a lawyer, and I was like, nope, got too many scruples. Oh, oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So yeah, we. So that's all. That's all I got for that minute. What you got? Anything you need to? Yeah, the, really add the only, to it. The only thing, and, and we'll talk in more in depth in the next minute. Is is you know we we see a glimpse of his arrival in Miami. At this oh point, yes. And he's already talked to Marcella about you know having is everything set up for my my arrival in Miami, and so we know that this is the next place we're going, and we see a, a hint of that at the end of of this minute. Uh, but we'll talk more in depth uh, on that minute next all right well that's all for so gross such point much blank and remember this podcast is us breathing thank you for listening to so gross such point much blank on the film inquiry network if you like what you've heard head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a positive review Every bit of feedback helps us do more of what we do. Our podcast theme music comes from Jans. You can find more of Jans' work at jansofficial.com. Our podcast outro music comes from Jeff Hansen. And our podcast artwork comes from Jeff Wyrick. You can follow us on social media, such as Facebook and Twitter, at SoGrossPod, and that's gross with an E. And you can follow Joe at J-A-George-I-I. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to join us next week for more So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. Hey, 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 bing, 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 bang, popcorn. Yeah, whatever.